Welcome back to another episode of Bestocast, where we're going to look into Ant-Man and Wasp 3, Quantum Mania. So topical, Paul, so topical. If you haven't listened to this podcast before, I've said where I, I just took in and watched a whole crap ton of stuff, tried to, to, to get them juices flowing and add fodder for the podcast and for the YouTube channel uh, to get things going. And, uh, and Ant-Man is one of these things that I kind of got in there. Uh, I, I definitely wanted to get in and watch it because, you know, I missed out on, on, uh, um, uh, uh, Black Panther three, uh, Wakanda forever when it was in the theater. And, you know, so I still want to kind of catch these things as they come out. Um, get to them before they're spoiled because I spend so much time avoiding those spoiler bombs wherever I go. And now, you know, I finally seen it now. It's like, now I saw it. Now I can go out and read all this spoiler crap. Uh, you know, now, now that, that a couple of weeks have, have passed, you know, I'm able to, to finally take in the, the, the negativity. Uh, but that's the internet in general. The internet is always negative about anything and everything. Everything sucks. Um, I, I, one of the, one of the comments that one of the negative comments that I always see is people bitching about, why is it Ant-Man and Wasp when there is no wasp? And, you know, hope doesn't, doesn't do much. Oh, by the way, spoiler warnings. Hope doesn't do much in the film. She doesn't do terribly much. It should have just been Ant-Man. People do realize that Janet Von Van Dyne is Van Dyne. Janet Van Dyne is the Wasp as well. Hank Pym is, is, is also the Ant-Man. They're, 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 they're both Ant-Man and Wasps. So to complain that that hope doesn't do much as she doesn't do much wasping. So therefore she doesn't deserve her name in the title, but it's like, well, yeah, but Janet does some stuff and she's also, it's also the wasp. Personally, I, I don't like doing the play by plays. You know, I, I'm trying to stray away from doing that when, when it comes to doing these podcasts where I don't really want to recount everything top to bottom, blow for blow. Um, because it kind of, you know, well, first of all, we only have like a half an hour to the show. Uh, so it's hard to, to break down a movie within, uh, you know, a, a, a two hour movie within 30 minutes and then still provide any type of commentary or, 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 or thoughts or, or anything else towards it. I'm just, just, I just verbally describe what the movie is. So I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume that you've seen the movie for yourself. I've, I'm assuming you've seen this movie and you've already, you've already, you've already formed your own opinions and you're come to me. Well, because you subscribe to me and you like hearing that pantsless producer yak, uh, for, for half an hour. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you, your thoughts align with mine or, you know, you want to, you want to fight me online for, for, for my beliefs or whatever. So what I want to do is I just, I, I just want to provide an overview. Now, sometimes to do an overview, I might have to explain something a little bit. And, uh, the other, the other issue is of course that, I've been, I, this, this is something that's been on my QT for, uh, two weeks, three weeks. Uh, when did this first come out? <laughs> uh, this has been out for a while now. And I, you know, I kind of, I let it simmer because it's like, I, I kind of want, I, I spend some time before recording the podcast to try to collect my thoughts because I shoot from the hip. I don't write anything down. Uh, so I just kind of want to, to, to let it simmer, but then when time, when you add in the time factor, it's so far away and I'm not going to go back to the movie theaters just to watch it. Uh, I probably should have just waited for this to come out in, on Blu-ray or DVD, but, uh, here we go. This is, this is going to be, this is going to be the, uh, hacked up choppy, uh, old man memory of, of Ant-Man and Wasp. 
I guess I just wanted to hit like some of the talking points. You know, I already hit the talking point of hope not really being being a part of it. Uh, a lot of complaints about like like uh, uh, um, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, that's real good. Kang the Conqueror being the uh, overall villain. Um, and I guess like there's a lot of comparison, which I think I'm going to do another episode where we just kind of talk about uh, wave four of of the Marvel Universe, whereas this is supposed to kick off wave five. And I guess there was a lot of complaints and a lot of comparisons where it's like, you, you know, <clears throat> Kang is not a uh, suitable villain as a comparison to like, say, Thanos. You know, they built Thanos up super quick and everything. And it's like, well, did they really, though? You had how many movies that came out? before you know you, you had the rumor of thanos you don't really did he like i think he shows up in the in post credits of the avengers uh which you know i guess a lot of people compare that oh that's 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 uh you know that's the the building point of thanos and i don't really think that that's a building point like i don't really consider post credit scenes canon uh, even in the MCU, they you know the the post credit stuff seemed to be very very tightly knit, and now like a lot of the post credit stuff seems to sometimes get to be reversed a little bit when it comes when they um you know when the next film comes out or whatever. So I think it's more of like it was supposed to be a tease of like oh yeah this is definitely where we're going with this versus like any any other solid comparison. So for 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 people to compare this to Avengers. And like, oh, well, you got Kang, and then you know you got Thanos at the in, in the in the post credits. I don't think that counts. I, I don't think that counts. And then you got what almost ten years where they built up Thanos. They built up the threat of Thanos. We don't even really get the Thanos story. Jeez, when did he? You know, I, I, it just came to me because it's been a while since he. he uh, it's been a while since I've watched all these movies in sequence. I used to watch them quite frequently, and then this is the this is the, uh, the this is the part where. They, there's too many of them to actually sit down and, and dedicate a lot of time to like rewatch them, and it just came to me where it's like, well, wait a minute, Thanos, Thanos, Thanos gives the Tesseract, so Thanos is in the Avengers a little bit more than one I memory. Where does where does he show up in the post credits? It's obviously not, it's obviously not Avengers, uh, because he shows up during Avengers. He gives. He gives Loki the Tesseract, right? Am I remembering that right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do I have to pause the podcast and go back and watch this? Uh, yeah, he gives, he gives him, he gives him the Loki pokey stick. I guess that's my, my old senility kicking in because yeah, that makes more sense that he gave Loki the, the Tesseract, the Loki pokey stick, uh, <clears throat> because the, the idea was that he was going to summon, summon the, uh, um, he was going to summon the, uh, um, the, well, I forget what they're called. They're, they're, they were introduced in the Ultimate Comics. They were basically uh, the stand-ins for the Skrulls because the Marvel couldn't use the Skrulls because of the Fox thing. And then we had these guys, which were supposed to be Skrulls, but then they were used as something different in the, the cinematic universe. I just made it even probably more confusing for the listeners. Um, but uh, hold on. Please hold the line. All right, here it was. It's the Chitari. I, I don't know why I couldn't, well, because of, 
thinking of a lot of things. Uh, yeah, so I guess, I guess I guess Thanos is in it a little bit more, but he's 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 not the villain. Loki's the villain. He just gives Loki the tools uh, to fight the Avengers. He himself is you know he's he doesn't get his hands dirty. Uh, maybe the, I, is it, I think maybe the, the scene that I'm thinking of where he shows up in his credits might be age of Ultron. Isn't it? Where, there's, there's one in the damn movies where it's like, fine, I'll do this myself. And he's getting, he's getting the gauntlets and my gosh, damn it, Paul, damn it, Paul. And you wanted to make a podcast today. Anyway, the thing is that they're, they're com- comparing Kang to, to Thanos. And my thing is, is that it took 10 years to flesh out who Thanos was. Uh, and I think that the, that, that with, with Kang, he's a little bit more complex. He's a little bit more complex than he is as Thanos, but people are already ready to write him off. And he's, he's, I mean, bah, you know, whatever he's, he's, you know, you give us, you give us Thanos and everything else is, you know, you give us filet mignon and everything from here on out is, is cheddar cheese, you know? And I, I don't really like, I, I think the problem is, is that that character Kang the Conqueror is so complex that it's going to take several movies to explain him. And I think that this is also the problematic thing of movies where we're all conditioned where the heroes beat the villain and that's it. And the villain's done. He never comes back ever, 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 ever again. Uh, Batman kills the Joker and the Joker's done. You never see him in a sequel and we move on to the next thing. Whereas I think like <clears throat> the, the, the plan here with Kang is that he's uh, going to be a constant threat. And when we're dealing with time travel and everything, he's just going to keep coming back. He's, he's not, he's not, go, he, he's not going to go down easy. Everybody's like, Oh, he went down like a puss. It was so easy to defeat. Oh, I, and, you know, where's he supposed to be the big bad and Ant-Man took him out like that. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, and I, I don't know, I don't know if I, I necessarily agree with that. I, I think that the, he's more complex. Uh, I saw a thing today where I guess there was an Easter egg in Ant-Man, uh, in, in, in Wasp 3 Quantum Mania, uh, where, you know, you see an icon that's related to, um, Moon Knight. And I think that, 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 that there was an announcement made where Rama Tut is going to be in Moon Knight season two, which Rama, Rama Tut is one of the, uh, one of the many, many identities of Kang the Conqueror. Uh, so, you know, he's a, he's a more complex villain that I don't think, you know, it's going to take a couple stories to, to flesh him out. And I don't, I don't really foresee where it's like, ah, well, he went down like a puss. Yeah, that was, that was an easy, that was an easy out. And it's like, it's, is it though? Is it though? You, you've defeated one version of him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, in which, is it a future version? Is it a pat? You know, where, where in the timeline is he from? I'm sure he's going to learn about that and never going to have, con- you know, you're never going to be able to fa- defeat him the same way twice. And even at the end of the movie, Scott's like, wait, did we even save the earth? He, uh, he said that there was more, that there was more to come. Now, one of my gripes in this, in, 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 in uh, quantum mania that I, uh, that I, that I will address. And I, I actually haven't really seen much about this is that between Ant-Man two and Ant-Man three quantum mania is like, or the, the quantum verse is, is like drastically different. Well, like my, first of all, my first major complaint is that we had Janet Van Dyne who lived in, in, uh, the, the quantum verse for 30 years. And 
never once talks about it whatsoever. Never once warns everybody. Hey, you know, I used to, you know, I helped out this guy named King the Conqueror, and then I, you know, I was able to see his future. And he doesn't, he doesn't bring good things to the future, you know. And and he's a bad guy, you know. You should stay away. None of that. As a matter of fact, I watched Ant Man two after I watched uh, Quantum Mania, and she's very hesitant you know when when uh cassie cassie invents this device that she's going to use to map out the uh the quantum verse uh, her magical MacGuffin, and and that's when for some reason janet's really upset about oh, what you need to shut this down oh you can't you don't understand this and everything and, and it's like well first of all how did the hell did did, did uh, uh Candace like invent this thing without her knowledge, you know, all this time that they were working on this and Janet didn't know a damn thing about it. Didn't talk about the quantum verse. Didn't warn her about the, any of the, any of the, uh, the issues with the quantum verse. Well, you could flash back to, uh, Ant-Man two and she had no issues with that. You know, the, the, the cutscene. now here, here again, this is where I was saying where you got a post credit scene. Does it count anymore? Is it Canon? Because, they're going back and they're going into the quantum realm to learn more about it. And she's there assisting, uh, uh, Hank, you know, when they go and they send, uh, um, when they send Scott into the quantum realm, she's there assisting Hank. Uh, and she has no qualms about the quantum realm, you know? So it's just like this, it doesn't, it doesn't match. It doesn't jive. It's, it's very, it's very, and I guess like, I, I guess the, I, guess the the takeaway about it away from it is that you know the time the sacred timeline is messed up via uh, via loki so maybe there's just a just that kind of shift uh you know that maybe the, the, it shifts that character in some direction i don't i don't know if there's a logical explanation to the plot hole i want there to be one but there maybe there isn't i mean the other the other issue i have is where they go into the quantum quantum verse the quantum realm it is drastically different in the second Ant-Man movie than it is the third movie where it's all of a sudden Janet's had all these adventures and she did all these things and there's a city and everything. And granted, I granted, I, they explain it within the movie that time space moves differently. Uh, you know, different things happen, you know, like the ants spoilers, the ants end up going and hitting a time, what a time bubble and experience like a several years, all, all, all in a couple minutes and are able to advance their, 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 their population or advance their, their knowledge knowledge but you didn't really see any of this when in ant-man 2 it's just 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 kind of like they get into this this you know hank gets into this space this this area that's just kind of bland and doesn't really look like anything and she just happens to be there and he brings her home uh when apparently there was this revolution happening and all these peoples that she led led and she was a rebel and she had all these adventures that she can't be bothered to tell anybody about and they were fighting against this big bad guy and everything and it's just like well there's nothing in the i'm trying to justify it there's nothing in ant-man 2 that justifies any of this she's just in the middle of blah land she's in the middle of nowhere she's in the middle of something that looks nice it's it's like it's like proof positive where it's like well they didn't really think that far ahead so it's not really I don't I can't even put words to it. It's not anything that's that, that, that dictates that it's this huge city and that she had this, this huge life that she was talking about. Uh, 
I mean, it could be, I mean, I guess the write-off is, is that she was, ex- she exiled herself or that she knew that Hank and Scott were coming because she, she was communicating with Scott. She implanted herself into, into Scott's brain in, in the, in, at the end of Ant-Man one, that was the whole premise of Ant-Man two was that she, you know, she was able to communicate through, through Scott. Uh, so maybe, you know, she took herself away from all this stuff so that she wouldn't put Hank in trouble. I mean, I guess that could be the write-off or that could be the, the, the send-off is that, you know, because she gives him the coordinates. So she probably gives him coordinates that would that would be far away from Kang or anything else. And if she took herself out of the equation, then maybe Kang could never escape. So I, I guess, I guess, I guess. Uh, but just her being silent for 30 years just is the big sticking point for me where it's like you don't talk about any of this like none of this I, I understand I understand in 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 movie making you just didn't think that far ahead and you just didn't have that plotted out so she just has to be silent but this so rings of uh, uh was it of uh, of commander Holdren Holdren or Holdren or Holden from uh, one of those three names in uh um the last Jedi where like everything can be avoided if she would just talk to Poe and understandably it's like, you know, in that movie you have to deal with spies and everything. So maybe she can't be so open about it, but there's, he couldn't talk to Poe or find some way to communicate with him, uh, to, to, you know, I mean, I guess you're, you're, you're creating friction and you're creating drama. I, it, it's just, just, just kind of rings the same way with me with Janet where it's like, Oh, she's had all the, these adventures. She knows all these people. She's basically led her, her own rebellion and, and nobody knows about it. You know, Cassie invents this machine and it's like, we don't say anything until the moment we're ready to turn that machine on. And it's like, well, how long has she been working on that? And I assume that it was just her and Hank working on it. But do you think that, you know, they were, if they were working with the quantum realm, you know, dealing with the quantum realm, that would be something that, uh, that, that would be a little bit more in the forefront, uh, especially for her. And again, it's kind of, it's an inverse of how she was in the, in the other one where she wanted Scott to explore the quantum verse and how the quantum verse was basically used, utilized to, you know, save everybody in, in the Avengers movies and in, in, in Endgame. Um, but yeah, I, I spent a lot of time hung up on this one facet, just this one, and it's this one facet that just kind of just it, it it really stuck out for me because it's like I mentally I'm like I need to take notes because I'm going to do a podcast and I need to to mentally store all this stuff, and then another part of me is like, shut up, Paul, just enjoy the damn movie. You're here, you paid your money, enjoy the movie, and deal with that part later. Um, so you know the analytical part of me was just kept picking up on that where it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Well. So since I've taken the stance on this episode that I'm just going to do nothing but bitch about quantum mania, uh, I might as well bitch about, uh, MODOK. Uh, I was, I was, I was, again, I tried to avoid spoilers, but MODOK was spoiled to me that, oh, he would make an appearance in this movie. Uh, but they've been talking about MODOK forever. I mean, hell Peter Dinklage was supposed to play MODOK in Endgame at one point in time. And then he, he didn't, he played a different character. He played one of the dwarves, uh, one of the, uh, the, the dwarves from, um, Asgard. So it's like, you know, that was kind of a, that was kind of a, 
Yeah, well, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's not going to happen. Uh, more closer and closer, you know, I forget about it, and then all closer to the movie, the movie's release is like, oh, you know, Modoc's in the trailer. I think I skipped the trailer. I didn't even watch the trailer. Uh, I think the first time I saw the damn trailer was when I went to see Avatar because I saw Avatar the day before I saw Quantum Mania, so I got the uh, Quantum Mania trailer, and I was kind of pissed because it was like, uh, Marvel's known to spoil <laughs> the shit out of this. Although Marvel's been known to edit the trailer around and 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 change some aspects but uh uh surprisingly uh the trailer was much much different in tone uh the trailer was more bleak uh than what the movie actually came out to be um i don't know why they made modok the, the a throwaway character again um i i guess it's the it's the same vein of like um you know I'm surprised we're going to get Starro at all. So they Starro might as well be in Suicide Squad, or sorry, the Suicide Squad, because we're never going to get a Star Starro. They're never going to treat him right. Uh, so I guess it's kind of the same deal. Although I guess I, I, I doing some some looking into this after the fact that Modok was in Agents of Shield. Whether or not Agents of Shield is canon, uh, there is a version of Modok in there, and he, they took it pretty seriously. Uh, for it to be uh what's his face from from the first ant-man it's like okay it's lame and they went they, they just went the whole silly route of it they, they just kind of you know they 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 they, they thor and love and thundered it is that is it can that be a phrase now they, they love and thundered this shit <laughs> they took something and just made it freaking wonky and goofy uh, I mean, I guess there's always, you know, Modoc is, is, I guess in the comics, there was always three versions of Modoc. In the comics, they took it serious, serious at first, and then they made him a buffoon and a clown and kind of a comedy character. And then they took it back, and then they made him a buffoon again. So it depends on who's writing Modoc. I mean, and Modoc is kind of a weird entity to even appear in in a cinematic universe i'm actually surprised he even made it at all because he's just a big head in a chair um and i think like even like uh like uh uh when my kids were growing up they used to watch superhero squad modok was always a clown but then you know superhero squad they're all buffoons and clowns um yeah i don't know and, and i just couldn't get away from like just this is just a big CG. This guy he must have had a huge, a fun recording session where they just had a camera like strapped to his face, and it's like, oh, we're just gonna just we're gonna blow this up and put it on a CG monstrosity. Um, I don't know. I want to hate Modok, but I want to love Modok too because it's like you know, just don't be a dick. Uh, there's some fun moments. There's some moments where. He's, he's attacking Hank and, you know, he's, he's got the upper hand and then he just disappears for no reason. Uh, it's just that that's a reoccurring trope. Uh, there's something else there's, uh, I was watching lock and key and they, they, they frequently do that in that movie, in that series too, where they've got the, they've got the good guys pinned down and then they just disappear. Okay. <laughs> no explanation. They just, they're just gone. Goodbye. <laughs> um, and I guess one, the one, and a final complaint, a final complaint is the same complaint that I have with Wakanda forever. It doesn't matter if it was projected up on the screen or if I'm watching it on a television, I'm sure Wakanda, Wakanda forever was amplified that it was on a much smaller screen, but Marvel does this God darn thing where it's, they, they just, let's just shoot mud. It's, it's, it's here's a fight scene in the dark. Here we go. Uh, you, we've got the quantum realm, which has all these, these pretty, pretty Aurora Borealis type 
lighting and everything's all sparkly and shiny and we're going to shoot fight scenes in the dullest area possible. Um, again, it's something I've read where, where they do that on purpose because it has to do with the fact that they want to digitally manipulate it. So it has to be evenly lit the entire time. And for it to be like that, it's always dark. It's always going to be darker than normal instead of anything that's vibrant because they, they, they just want that ability to, to, to change everything change it and change it whenever. Um, I think even this, this, this movie, I think didn't they, they changed the ending, uh, like, 30 days before its release, they changed an aspect of it, you know, and, uh, I don't know enough of the bitching. Now, now that I were in the final, final minutes of the show, let's finally talk about, you know, let's talk about the good things. Uh, I really like Cassie, uh, a lot of hate for Cassie. Uh, another, another Mary Sue. Oh no. She just automatically can do everything. Oh, she's a Mary Sue. I don't get that. I mean, how's, how's she a Mary Sue? She is from, she's, she's got a lineage of two superheroes next to her, who are her, 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 her dad and her stepmom. Uh, are, is, is Hope and Scott married? I don't recall. Pseudo stepmom. I assume they're married. They're married. Uh, you know, she's got, got both sides of that. She's got, she, she's descended from, she's got Pym Tech. She's got Janet Van Dyne. How is she not going to be able to do any of this stuff and be able to be quick, you know, at, at it? Like that, that stuff like annoys the piss out of me where it's like, oh, it's a, well, it's a female character and therefore she's automatically a Mary Sue. Oh, you don't see any of the hero characters doing that, even though all the hero characters do that. <laughs> they're all like that as well. All right. And honestly, 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 if we're going to go from a real world perspective, I'd rather them fast track, uh, um, Cassie so that she's, that she knows her ability. She already has a grasp on it. than spending two hours of her learning the thing thing, you know, we have to, we have to retell the first movie and we have to retell the second movie when hope had to learn this. Oh, now, now Cassie has to learn, learn this. And we're going to spend two hours of her learning the powers. That, that's fine. I'm okay with fast tracking that. Cause it's like, I don't want an origin story for Cassie. I just want a story and I want to get into that story. Let's, let's just, let's just move on. I mean, there were some negatives about like She-Hulk and it's the same way. And it's just like, you know, I, I'd rather be her. She knows how to control the power within like the first episode. That's fine. I don't want to spend nine episodes or whatever it was her learning how to Hulk out. And I feel the same way when it comes to, to, to Cassidy or stature, I guess it's her, her superhero name. I don't think they ever referred to her as stature. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a, that's a positive. I really, really like that. Uh, the ending was kind of wonky. Um, I don't, I don't know how to feel about the ending. I, I, I had a lot, I heard a lot of buzz going into it where it's like, well, this is a movie where Ant-Man has to die. Scott has to die in order to show the power of Scott or show the power of Kang rather. And, uh, you know, they, they, they end where, where, where Scott's stuck in the quantum realm and I guess the original ending was that's how it was supposed to be, that he was uh, he was there to live 30 years like Janet. Uh, but it made no sense. You know, they had already expressed that they have technology to get to the quantum realm uh, throughout several of the damn movies, including Endgame. So uh, it didn't make sense 
where he was just kind of stuck there. I kind of figured that they would come get him, uh, whether it was sooner or then later. Um, the whole complaint about, uh, um, uh, hope being kind of a worthless character. She's not as effective as, you know, it seems to hinge more on the relationship between Scott and, uh, uh, Cassie. Uh, so I think like hope kind of gets sacrificed. Her story kind of gets sacrificed in this, in the storyline. But like I said, she's not the only wasp. So Janet kind of gets a little bit more time to shine. So Janet gets a little bit more time to shine and we get the relationship between Scott and Cassie. Uh, that, that was fine. I was okay with that. Uh, <clears throat> I really wish I had a list of all the movies that were up for this. I mean, I don't know if this is wave five or wave four, uh, because the, a lot of, a lot of the, the way the talk is, is like, oh, well, this is the end of wave four. A lot of the talk is sometimes, sometimes it says this is the start of wave five. Uh, this is the kickoff to wave five. So I don't know which, which it is. Um, and, you know, as of re- this recording, it, 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 I guess, it, I guess it's tanking. I guess it's considered a bad Marvel film. Uh, I know like when I went to go to the theater, this was the worst film since Eternals. No, not at all. This is not the worst film film in comparison to Eternals. Uh, worst film in, in wave four. Um, no, we have love and thunder to kind of thank for that. Um, I think that this this movie has a lot to add to the overall wave five and going forward. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I I didn't hate it, but then again, I'm I'm the person that, that that goes and tries to enjoy the shit out of everything and not be cynical a cynical bastard. I say after I had spent almost thirty minutes uh, doing nothing but bitch and complain about this movie, but I think in, I, I think the the positives add up more so than the negatives. I don't really like some of the negative reviews that I've been uh, ingesting. I don't really quite 100% understand where they're coming from. But that's me. You know, that's it. And uh, that's the that's all the time that I have. So I, I hope that you uh, enjoyed this uh, uh, all, all over the place <laughs> rant about uh, quantum mania. And uh, I will catch you uh, the next time I catch you. Talk to you later. Have a good one.